Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Michael Felder standing by on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. We welcome him in once again. Michael, it's good to have you. What's going on? Man, not a thing. I'm excited to get into the draft zone and, and, and all that stuff. So I get to revisit some guys that I really liked and rediscover guys that I maybe didn't pay enough attention to. Well, we all paid a lot of attention to Traylon Burks. He leads a cast of characters from the University of Arkansas who will be uh, going to the Combine and getting an opportunity at the next level. What do you expect from him as far as Combine performance and draft position and then also, I guess, on his NFL potential? I've seen a lot of people mock him as high as, like, in the top 20, 25. And then other folks have him as a day-two guy. I'm very curious to see what he runs. I think that's going to solidify day one, day two. Um, but he's a, again, he's this kind of this go-go gadget tool, right? Where he's a guy that he's big enough to do some things that running backs do, but he also is, he's got great hands and he's, he runs good routes and he's got the ability to get himself open, even though he's not going to be, he's not, he's not going to, I don't like, he's not going to run a four three. So what does he run? What does he look like? Is he going to be able to get himself open in the NFL? I'm excited for him because he's someone that you want on your football team. Like this is the guy, uh, what is the a few good men, right? You want him on that wall. You need him on that wall. And he kind of fits into that mold of a guy you want on your team because you definitely don't want to play against him, as we saw, whether it was Alabama or it was Auburn. Like, they don't – it's not fun to, to, to try to cover him, especially when he can body you up or he can outrun you if you're a linebacker. You know, I've, I've even seen him in the top ten to the Falcons, and I know that would make you really excited. But he's getting compared to Debo Samuel a little bit. Now, he doesn't have the speed of Debo, I don't think, but i got to think that's helping his stock with some people when he's getting compared to a guy like that. Oh, it definitely helps his stock, and that's why I kind of referenced the, um, the, 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 the gadget nature of him. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's getting compared to Debo Samuel not because he's – because Debo's small. He's a, Debo's kind of a little guy. This is a big guy that can do a lot of those same things. They do them in different ways, but certainly he's someone that you can line up in the backfield, you can line up in the spot, you can line him up online, you can line him up in the wing. And the versatility leads to playability, and I think that's the big thing. And, and, and not to speak in all cliches, but mm-hmm. the best ability you can have is availability. And he's going to have that, and he'll figure it out based upon where you line him up. What was the one before that? I, I The availability one I've heard. What was the one before that? Was about a uh, I don't remember what I said. <laughs> it was eight seconds ago, so I'm, I don't either. I don't know why. That was a good one. I'm gonna. I'm gonna play. The... It was something about versatility, playability. I think. Yes, if you're yes, if your versa if your if your playability is based on your versatility, he's in good shape for sure. We can agree with that. Okay. All right, Michael. I don't remember what I said five seconds ago either. So. Anyway. Yeah. All right. It's tough. When you talk for a living, it's hard. Let's talk about the worst business model in the world. Uh, That is college football coaches. So, um, overreaction uh, Wednesday, Dave Aranda has been signed through 2029 at Baylor, terms undisclosed because it's a private Baptist school, and Luke Fickle, terms disclosed, $5 million a year, which, I mean, admittedly sounds like a reasonable amount considering they made the Final Four and they broke through the glass ceiling. And yet, at the same time, Michael, I'm thinking, you're still Cincinnati. Can you really afford to pay $5 million a year to your football coach? I don't know if they can or not. I know they're going to try. And, but the, here's the other thing. There's going to be another wave of realignment. And that's over the course of the period of another wave of television rights. 
And so the money, it just, it all feels like play money. Does yes. that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. It all feels like play money. And so the big thing that I'm looking at is not just your current alignment, your current positioning, but what happens in the future. Because Baylor, especially the Baylor one, the more, to me, Baylor is more, more intriguing than the Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati, obviously, they know that they're going to step up into the Big 12. But for Baylor, the Big 12 is going to look completely different because you lose Oklahoma and Texas. So now, you, you, you sign a guy for, what, seven years to 2029? What does that look like? What does this conference even look like later? For Cincinnati, it's always going to be a plus-up. But for Baylor... And I guess Baylor's a school that, in general, they weren't invited, then they got invited, then they became a part of it, and they weren't good, then they got good, and then they were okay, and they just maintained okay for a while. But that one, to me, is going to be interesting, Mm. especially knowing what we know, right? Because Dave Miranda did like working at LSU. Dave Miranda also liked working at, what was it, Wisconsin? And if something happens at those schools in the next, Four years, you think he's not going to decide to head back, especially after watching Brian Kelly dance around? Good grief! Yeah, <laughs> you got to have a conversation about it for sure. I would think. Um, and then you got some other moves, some you know less less important, I guess, but coordinators. Al Golden, a guy who still likes to wear a, a tie on the sideline. Mm-hmm. He's old school. He's going to Notre Dame as their coordinator, defensive coordinator. Uh, good fit, you think? I mean, he's buttoned up, nice. It's, fine. At least. it's still going to be Marcus Freeman's defense, right? I would think. Yeah, it's still going to be his defense. I think Golden. Is, this is a great opportunity for him because the, the the goal for Al Golden is to the goal for Golden. That also sounds crazy, but <laughs> the goal for him is going to is still to be he wants to be head coach again. And obviously, mm-hmm. after what happened in Miami, he's got a a long way back, right? So the goal for him is going to be to find a way to get back to being a head coach. And I think Notre Dame is one of those programs. Uh, same with if you work somewhere in the SEC as a coordinator and find success, you work you know somewhere in in, in depending on. I, I, at different prestige schools, uh, including Notre Dame, you've got an opportunity to become a head coach, and I think that's the key for him. So he's, this is kind of one hand washing the other, where Freeman's going to still run that defense. He's still going to be in charge. But having Golden on staff is going to give him a little bit of um, guidance in terms of being a head coach, not making the same mistakes that we saw happen previously, but also the ability to, 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 to put his own name back out there. Talking to Michael Felder on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. As far as coaching moves go, an interesting situation, obviously, over at Auburn. They played him a song, maybe from a band that I really like, called Cowboy Mouth. And the song goes, how do you tell someone you don't love them? How do you tell them you don't care anymore? And then he countered with Toby Keith's, how do you like me now? A very strange turn of events, Michael, safe to say. And now Brian Harson seems to be the last one laughing. I don't understand what's happening there. <laughs> I don't. Do you? No. Does anyone? I don't get it. I didn't get it when it was first happening, and I'm like, it's been a year. He was really close in a number of games. I realize he's got coordinators that are cl- claiming there's issues there, and obviously having a guy that people respect leave, you know, in the form of a former head coach, and then you bring in your OC and he leaves a month later. I don't know. There's, a, there's obviously some concerning signs. He's also kind of got a reputation as a guy who's not super pleasant to be around. But I'm looking at job performance, the amount of money you got to pay him to go away, and these boosters are like, cool, let's do it. I, it is a weird, dysfunctional situation at Auburn, for sure. It's, 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 what's crazy is it feels like Auburn has accelerated everything. Like, the way that the Tommy Tuberville hire from Ole Miss to Auburn went, that felt wild. But then 
Tuberville leaving felt even crazier. And then you go into the Gene Chizik situation of winning a national championship. And then he's out. And then Malzahn's back. And then we, should we fire Malzahn? Should we not? Like it, it feels like everything is being amplified when it comes to Auburn. And obviously a lot of that comes from across the state, the pressure in terms of Alabama. Because it didn't feel like it. And it, it, it's a combination of the money revving up, the stakes revving up, the playoff obviously revving things up, all these things working in concert. And then you throw in Alabama winning multiple national championships while you've got just the one in the last, what, 20, 20 years or whatever it is. And it, it feels – it truly feels like they are – I don't want to call them victims because they're still a pretty successful program. Mm-hmm. But, and they're making, they're, they're making money hand over fist. But it truly feels like they are – mentally the school that the combination of realignment, BCS, the playoff, has screwed up mentally the most. Because everything is amplified. Everything is so... I don't know, like, tell me if I'm getting... If, I, if I'm telling like I'm talking crazy, but like they feel like the school where the combination, the confluence, the combination of the landscape of college football plus their top rival, all those, and now their secondary rival, their number two rival, Georgia, they feel crazy right now. I want to ask you about Sankey. Greg Sankey yesterday uh, said he was open to the idea of getting away with divisions in football. And what, what we meant to say was, Michael, we don't think you sound crazy. Anyway, carry on. I'm okay. sorry. Yeah, I, I, you guys left me hanging there. No, I don't think you sound crazy at all. Go ahead. How would that work? No divisions in football. With divisions? Yeah. Divisions in is it divisions in like division one, division two? Division no, he's talking about divisions no, in the, in the SEC. SEC. Yeah, getting rid of so this is a thing that's been floated a lot of times for the ACC and it's been floated a lot of times for the Big Ten. Um, and basically, it would either be pod play and then true round robin play, but also would it require stepping up how many games you play over the course of the season, conference games you play over the course of the season. Uh, which would mean you have to go to nine, maybe even have to go to ten, which obviously would eliminate whether it's Troy or it's McNeese State or whoever it is. But the idea would be every year Alabama is going to play Tennessee, they're going to play Auburn, they're going to play uh, LSU every year. They'll play those three teams, and then they kind of rotate through with the rest of those teams. And you have we've seen I've seen three team pods, I've seen fourteen pods, and it's a lot of things. Bill Connolly is now at, at, sport, at ESPN. Uh, floated a model. There's been a couple other people that have floated models for this where it's 14 pods, but you also get to rotate through the rest of those teams more routinely after you have your guaranteed teams. Like Arkansas would always play Texas A&M. They would always play LSU, and then they would always play whether it's Mizzou or it's, um, or, or it's Auburn, whoever it is, you would always play those teams, and then the rest can cycle through a little faster than when you have the division. So, yeah. There's pluses and minuses. I think it's harder, and I, but I do think the door's been opened by the Big 12 to have non-divisions or to, to, to have this ability to play the top two teams in the conference as a conference championship game. And I think that's ultimately the end goal, while you also get to cycle through the teams that you play. Ultimately, Michael, I'm just looking for the rule where Arkansas doesn't have to play Alabama for five years. That's the one I'm looking for. That's, that's a schedule <laughs> trick I need. So let's see if we can get that done. Uh, buddy, we appreciate there the time, we... and uh, sorry we left you hanging there. I was waiting for Wes to answer. Oh. I didn't know where he was going there, but then he just moved on. So, anyway. No, you do it's not sound good. crazy. It's all, 
it's all it's yeah. It, I just I just feel like Auburn is like. No, Auburn will make you question yourself for sure. It's like the girl you're dating that's so crazy, it makes you think you're crazy. Yeah, yeah that's a perfect analogy. That's absolutely 100% where I was trying to go. Yeah. You guys steered it the right way. I appreciate it. It's always fun to talk to you guys. You take it easy. Enjoyed it. Talk to you in a couple See weeks. You. Thank you.